Hey there, true believers. Welcome to the Task Force X Headcast. A proud member of the Headcast family, I am your host, Aaron Moss, otherwise known as Head. The Task Force X Headcast follows the adventures of DC Comics Task Force X. Task Force X was made up of the Suicide Squad comic, which was created by John Ostrander and Ryan Scott, which started in the late 1980s, and the sister comic, Checkmate, created by Paul Kupperberg and Steve Irwin. These were two sides of DC's espionage comics. Task Force X is an off-the-books government strike team, made up of convicts with no hope for release, serving as expendable agents for impossible missions. Succeed, and I'll shave time off your sentences. If we don't. You'll be dead. Exactly. I will attempt to chronicle each title and all the books that the Suicide Squad and Checkmate appeared in during this era. We're the U.S. government. Who's going to blow the whistle on us? The convicts? Who'd believe them? You? (laughs) You're going to start a blog and expose us? Well, yeah, Amanda. A blog and a headcast. Those scumbags are trying to screw me. No, not at all, Amanda. I'm just trying to help everyone else discover the joy of the Suicide Squad. Anywho, hope you guys have as much fun with these comics as I did when I first read them. Oh, so many years ago. Punk. All right, Amanda. Um, anyways, before we get started with our show, let's hear from a friend or two of the show. Bang. Oh, oh, feels good. Hello, sweetie. My name is Aaron Moss, a.k.a. Head. I love Star Wars, comic books, movies, reading, comedy, and most things geeky. Come join me monthly, well, mostly monthly, as I talk about the things I like and a few of the things I hate. Where you may ask, why I'm at Head Speaks. I can be found on iTunes under Head Speaks and at my website at headspeaks.com and then click on Headcasts. Also, you can find me on Facebook and Google+, both under Head Speaks. Come, take a listen. This podcast is not endorsed or affiliated by Kid and Play. Though, that would be cool, huh? I'll go ahead and let Kid and Play finish the promo out. It started as an idea, a flicker. Now, with a simple voice email to the Superman and the Bronze Age podcast, that flicker has become a flame. Now, Russell, you're ready to start a podcast. Yep, you're ready to go. Yes, start it, and then and then we can email you. Whoa. And Russell has been, you know, the most consistent emailer. I think it's time that he does start a show. DC Comics presents. You know, after Dave's done and. I mean, you're not covering every issue, so he could do all of them. I would highly recommend that, actually. That would be awesome. So there you go, Russell. Go for it. I can't wait to hear his reaction to this. this (laughs) Well, boys, here's your response. The DC Comics Presents show, hosted by me, 
Russell Bragg. On each episode, I will cover one issue of DC Comics Presents in publishing order until I reach the end of the series. I will also be covering all four annuals. Plus, I will be doing a character spotlight on each of Superman's guest stars, and we'll be going to the spinner rack to see what other comic books were available. Join me each episode of the DC Comics Presents show. Please go to the show's website at www.dccpshow.com for more information. That's DCCPSHOW. Now, let's get on to this week's character profile. Uh, this week we're going to talk about Captain Boomerang. His alter ego is George Digger Harkness. Old Captain Boomerang first showed up in Flash 117 back in December of 1960. Uh, he was created by John Broom and Carmen Infinitu. Infinitu? However you pronounce his name. A legendary Flash artist. Uh, team affiliations, he's been a part of the Secret Society of Supervillains, the Rogues, the Injustice Gang, Black Lantern Corps, and of course, Suicide Squad. His abilities... He uses a wide variety of gimmick boomerangs. And now for his background, old Captain Boomerang was born to an American soldier and an Australian woman. Uh, he was raised in poverty, and since he is Australian, he learned how to make boomerangs, of course. As a young adult, he was hired as a boomerang performer and promoter by a toy company. Uh, it was unknown to him at the time, but it was his dad that actually hired him. This is when he created the Captain Boomerang persona. Audiences end up laughing at him. Because, you know, he is a pretty ridiculous character. So he ended up turning to a life of crime. You know, people laugh at him. He's like, you know what the heck with this? Life of crime for me. Uh, he ended up fighting the Flash. Sometimes getting the upper hand. But, of course, mostly losing. Uh, he developed different types of boomerangs to use. He also became a uh, member of the Rogues Gallery. I don't know if I'd say in good standing, but he was a member of the Rogues Gallery. In case you don't know, the Rogues Gallery is a, a group of Flash villains that have all teamed up to uh, take out the Flash. Uh, originally, when he first appeared, I guess he had an American accent, and then in the 80s, he started affecting an Australian accent. And then he joined the Suicide Squad in the Legends miniseries that I mentioned in the second episode of my show. That was when he joined the Suicide Squad. Uh, from the wiki, I'm going to read this little segment to you. Later on, Harkness became a less than effective member of the Suicide Squad in exchange for being pardoned for his crimes. However, Captain Boomerang's grating personality and blatant racism, racism, among other things, he constantly referred to black team member Bronze Tiger as an abo. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. It caused considerable friction among his teammates, and was considered to be a dangerous, vicious, cowardly, and undependable member of the team, dysfunctional even by the squad standards of the equivalent of a class clown. And that brings us up to current day, as far as where we're at in the comic. Uh, for further information, stay tuned to this podcast. His multimedia appearances, he appeared in the Justice League Unlimited cartoon, in an episode entitled Task Force X, and then again in Flash and Substance. And he was voiced by Donald Gibson. Uh, in the TV series Smallville, in an episode entitled Warrior, 
Uh, Chloe Sullivan received a text message from Green Arrow about a maniac with boomerangs. So I don't believe Captain Boomerang actually appeared. There was a mention to him in there. The cartoon Batman the Brave and the Bold. He was voiced by John DiMaggio. He was in an episode called Requiem for a Scarlet Speedster. And another one entitled Four Star Spectacular. And then in current time, uh, season three of Arrow. He was portrayed by Nick Tarabay. Uh, he first showed up at the end of Draw Back Your Bow. And he was also an episode entitled The Brave and the Bold, which was the second part of the Flash uh, team-up. Also during that episode, and during the Flash portion, he was mentioned also. And also there were some boomerang appearances in the Flash uh, TV show. Really cool. Check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Again, I, I keep saying Flash is the best show on TV. So check out Flash. Arrow's pretty good, and that's where... Uh, Captain Boomerang showing up right now in live action as in Arrow occasionally, so check it out. Uh, as far as film, uh, Captain Boomerang made a cameo appearance in the Lego Batman, the movie, DC Superheroes Unite. He also appeared in the Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox, where he was voiced by James Patrick Stewart. Uh, he also appeared in, as I talked about a couple episodes ago, Batman Assault on Arkham, where he was voiced by Greg Ellis. You should be familiar with that if you listen to my podcast. And finally, Captain Boomerang, portrayed by Jay Courtney, will be one of the main characters in the 2016 film Suicide Squad. On to video games. Captain Boomerang appeared in the DC Universe, voiced by Jay Shannon Weaver. Uh, even though he's identified as Digger Harkness, the model of the character appears to be that of Owen Mercer. Digger's son, which we may talk about later on in the future. This may be because the game's flash was changed from Wally West to Barry Allen at the last minute. There was a similar case with the first flash. He appeared in Lego Batman 2, DC Superheroes, voiced by Nolan North. And he was mentioned as one of the 20 escape Blackgate prisoners in Batman Arkham Origins. And finally, for video games, he also appears in Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham. I played that game with my kids. It's a pretty good game. I really geeked out when Firestorm... I was able to play Firestorm in the Atom, but that's another story entirely. Uh, as far as toys, Captain Boomerang was a part of the DC Universe Classics Wave number 18 in 2011. Uh, he was also a part of the Justice League Unlimited line, as far as action figures go. And that's it for our character spotlight for the episode. Uh, hold on, I'm going to play another advertisement. And then we're going to move on to issue three of Suicide Squad. Hold on, kids. Hi, I'm Gene Hendricks. You may remember me from such shows as The Hammer Podcast and The Quantum Cast. I'd like to tell you about some special shows that I'm doing with some of your favorite podcasters. These shows are all about the live-action versions of comic book characters, and I'm calling them... Legends of the Superheroes! In each episode, we'll be looking at a different TV show or movie featuring characters like... Wonder Woman! Dr. David Banner. And let's not forget about the non-superheroes, such as... 
And many more. Look for the Legends of the Superheroes specials under the Hammer Podcasts at twotruefreaks.com. I definitely recommend that podcast. That's a great one. Uh, in fact, I may be showing up there here eventually. Uh, stay tuned for further information on that. But anyways, enough about other podcasts. Let's get back to what you're here for. Uh, episode 3 of Task Force X... Episode 3. Try that again, kids. Episode 7 of Task Force X, where we're talking about issue 3 of The Suicide Squad. Uh, cover date was July of 1987, but if you wanted to buy this fresh off the rack, you'd have to go back to April the 28th of 1987. Uh, the cover price was $0.75. Cents. Writer, of course, was the wonderful, great John Ostrander. Penciler, Luke McDonald. Inker Carl Kiesel, letter Todd Klein, colorist Carl Gafford. The cover was inked, sorry, no, it was penciled by Luke McDonald and inked by Carl Kiesel. Uh, this issue, along with the last couple, was reprinted in the Suicide Squad Trial by Fire trade paperback, which came out in 2011. So, once again, before we actually get into the issue, let me give you the 10,000-mile coverage of the story. Uh, this came from Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Rick Flagg learns that Amanda Waller has ordered Plastique to be brainwashed in order to remove her memories of the Suicide Squad. Uh, if you remember right last episode, uh, she betrayed the team, or tried to betray the team. Uh, while he was arguing with Waller, Darkseid dispatches the female Furies to retrieve a glorious Godfrey from Bel Rev. Again, glorious Godfrey was back, uh, showed up in Legends miniseries. Flag summons the members of the squad to confront the Fur Furies, but they are easily defeated. As the Furies leave in a boom tube, Bernadette betrays Lashina and leaves her behind. Dun dun dun! Now that we've got the spoiler done, or the recap done, Let's go and go to my thoughts on the issues. Uh, first, we start off the cover. Suicide Squad. Classic logo there. Issue 3. Uh, we see the female Furies. Uh, there's Lashina, Bernadette, Stompa, and I forget the crazy chick's name. Harriet, I think. Mad Harriet. With their backs to us, uh, they're headed towards the security door for maximum security of Gordon G. Gore. Try that again. Of Godfrey G. Gordon, uh, who you may remember from the Legends crossover. Standing in front of the door blocking it, we see uh, Rick Flagg, Bronze Tiger, Nightshade, and Nemesis. Uh, at the bottom, it's got a big splash that says, An all-out assault on Bell Rev. Here comes the Female Furies. Great cover. I like this one. Definitely better than last issue's. Uh, I'm not sure if it's better than the first, more simple plane cover. Uh, they're both great, but this one's really good. Um, I mean, you can tell what's going going to happen in the issue. You got you know, the core good guys from the Suicide Squad is going to be fighting the Furies. It looks like, as the Furies are trying to get the God free. Um, oh, to me, it always looks like uh, it may be Lashina has a belt in her hand. It looks like <laughs> almost. Uh, 
but no, it's a very good cover. Uh, very, very nice. I, I like the design on it. Uh, again, it's got that, to me, realistic look to it. Um, I got, what more can I say? It's just a great cover. Uh, then we move on to the first issue, and we have a uh, an overacting uh, monologue talking about how Godfrey's sitting in the... He's having a beautiful voice to get people to wherever he wants, and now he's uh, he's overreached himself, and his master master's plans were brought low. The mind was shattered. The voice was silenced. Now he sits at Bell Rev, a broken reed, while his master considers his fate. It's very nice. Uh, we see Godfrey sitting in a cell. Beautiful artwork. Uh, again, I keep praising the artwork in here. But not only that, but Ostinger's uh, writing. Very good. Uh, the second page, we have a back shot of Darkseid with the female Furies in front of him. And Desaad, and on the monitor behind them is Godfrey with a drool on the side of his mouth, a broken shell of a man. Uh, Luke McDonald and Carl Kiesel do a magnificent, fantastic job on this issue. You can tell, looking at Godfrey's face, that he's a broken man, that he's just, he's done. It's very good. Uh, the next couple of pages is uh, Darkseid telling the Furies that, you know, he wants Godfrey back. Uh, again, I don't know any way I can say this, but John Ostinger's writing in this is fantastic. Stompa's question, you know, why don't we show them sit in the prison? And Darkseid's like, no, Stompa, he has mine to punish, not theirs. I want you and the rest of the female Furies to go and retrieve them. Bernadette, one of the female Furies, telling her, you know, easier ways to punish them. And just this next scene, it's like four panels of Darkseid looking away and slowly turning to look at uh, Bernadette. He's like, it's what I want. I can't do the Darkseid voice as well as Shag can over at the uh, Fire and Water podcast, but that, that's my uh, feeble attempt at it. But yeah, it's just a great, great page here. Like I say he's slowly turning around. It's like, it's like four panels for him to turn around, but it's definitely worth it. It's a very nice slow turn to see Darkseid's face. In fact, this is the first time we see Darkseid's face of this issue, and it's in shadows as he slowly turns around and then we get most of it and then he a close up of his face as he's saying it's what I want and then we see Bernadette who apparently I never caught that before but I guess she is uh, Desaad uh, sister uh, they have a little Bernadette you know apologizing for you know overstepping her bounds and then you know something you don't see a whole lot nowadays is a reference to other issues uh, they're talking about Scott Free, uh, a.k.a. Mr. Miracle, uh, escaping, and problems with Gan Granny Goodness. Uh, and then there's a reference here to see, see Mr. Miracle special and the Justice League for details. I don't remember the details exactly. It's been 20, 30 years since I've read these, but I was reading the Justice League at the time. I read Mr. Miracle special. Uh, from what I remember, that was a great book. I love this version of Mr. Miracle. 
later on he was replaced by some uh, black kid named Shiloh Norman. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't scot-free. I really enjoyed Scott and Barta's interaction. But again, this isn't a Mr. Miracle podcast. This is the Task Force X. So let's continue with our story here. So Bernadette and uh, Lashina are arguing over who should lead the female Furies. Uh, Lashina says she's a warrior, while Bernadette's just a scheming little warmettes. I like that line. And they start to have a little fight there, and Darkseid, you know, he's like, No, you won't. Lashina will command this mission. Her ability to decide her fate, and perhaps the fate of all the Furies. Now go, do my will, bring me glorious Godfrey. Just a great scene uh, when he's talking that last. We see the sod behind him on the monitor. We see Godfrey. And then we see the rest of the female Furies just in shadows. Like they're inconsequential. I can't say the word. But you know what I mean. They don't really matter. Again, another great panel. I say the panel before that when Bernadette and Lashina are fighting. Uh, you have Mad Harry in the background laughing. Kind of a jokerist type. You know, hee 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 hee. That's kind of, that's, and then Stomp is over there stomping her feet, getting ready to battle. Uh, he's just going stomp. It's great. It's a great pick, great panel. Again, it's just a matter of Darkseid saying the Furies to get Godfrey, but between the gorgeous artwork and the fantastic writing of Ostender, it's fantastic. Uh, then we're in the next page. We got Colonel uh, Rick Flag. Basically recapping the first two issues, in case you missed it. Uh, they crippled the Krakis terrorists for hiring a bunch of the Jihad, but they didn't destroy him. And just give a brief, brief recap. Mindboggler got killed, uh, if you remember right, from last episode. Uh, Captain Boomerang had a chance to warn Mindboggler, but he was mad at her, so he didn't warn her. She died. Uh, Plastic proved a traitor. And Red Flag's, you know, commenting how he's not, he's still not 100% sure about using superpowered criminals to do the dirty work and then turning them on the streets again. And he's just thinking, you know, it's not his, not his job to really care about that, it's just doing his duty. And basically, just, you know, he's thinking about Karen. Like in one panel, John Ostender recaps the last two issues. With Rick Flagg's thought balloons. Plus, there's a little blurb down here about Suicide Squads 1 and 2 to let you know where to go to look for these stories he's mentioning. Uh, then we hear someone screaming, No. Uh, Rick Flagg rush in. We see Plastique strapped to a bed with a helmet on her head. And uh, Dr. Moon, who, if I'm not mistaken, at one time was in the Batman comics. Possibly as a. A bad guy, or a I forget now. The name sounds familiar, other than here. I'd have to look it up, but I'm not sure. But anyways, June Moon, Rick's old girlfriend. Not June Moon. Somebody else. Uh, Karen. Sorry. Karen is talking to Doctor Moon, and Rick confronts him uh, again from the way that the panel's drawn. The word bubbles, you know, showing that he's, you know, really upset that they're seem to be torturing Plastique. And then again, you know, you got Karen. You can tell that she's upset with Rick. You know, she's like, I'm sorry, Colonel, but I'm a member of the ground crew. And as such, I take the orders from Mrs. Waller, not you. 
and just the icy tone they use for the word bubble and the look on her face of disgust for Rick. I, I don't know how many times I can say that this is some fantastic artwork in here. So Rick goes into the operations room where he finds Nightshade, Nemesis, and I believe her name was Flo, one of the uh, computer gals, talking to Waller. Nightshade's going off that, you know, she should have been informed about what was going on, about the Jihad actually killing people. She's upset that, you know, they made her an accessory. And I was like, hey, that command was made at command level, not by me. And I like this. Amanda Waller's very straight and to the point. She's like, put a sock on a girl. We've got the info too late to act on or get it to you without risking your cover. Better face some bitter facts, Eden. You you elected to do undercover work? Fine. Things will get nasty from time to time, period. If you can't deal with it, you better get out now, period. And again, she mentions that she's only doing it until they can help her, and they better help her soon. And then they give a little recap of Nemesis escaping from uh, headquarters of the Crime Council. The next uh, two, next page is a recap of him. Supposedly, they thought he died, but he got blown clear through the wreckage when this helicopter gun exploded. And some federal men found him. They took him to the hospital, and... Uncle Sammy, as she says, picked up the whole bill. So basically, she's just trying to reassure these two that, you know, they're doing what they should do. Uh, they're at where they should be. And basically, to quit griping and do their job. And then again, in comes Boomerang. Wanting, uh, he's miffed. So, so far, i got Waller dealing with Nightshade. Nemesis, and then Boomerang comes in. He says he wants a place to live off campus, as he calls it. Some place where there's a nightlife, and he can get out. And she tells him, fine, the quarters here are only meant to be used occasionally. We'll set you with a place and identity in New Orleans if you want. But I warn you, Harkness, if you start screwing around, and we'll have your butt back here in Bell Rev for real. And then Waller answers the phone. Uh, Karen Grace had just called her letter know that Rick left and was upset and headed to see her. But again, keep him, keep this whole boomerang moving off campus in mind. This is going to show up later on. Uh, and again, it's going to be a full room. Rick bursts in about this time, upset about the brainwashing of plastique. He wants it stopped. And she's telling him, you know, the woman's scum. She betrayed the, betrayed the team and the mission. Uh, Rick's telling her, well, it's immoral, illegal. And Amanda, you know, again, Amanda Waller's got to be six to eight inches shorter than Rick. Rick's, you know, this big muscular man. And Amanda Waller, the one that I like and know is, you know, like I say, she's a shorter, squat, heavyset woman that she doesn't take any grip from anybody, you know. She, she's yelling back and giving as good as she gets. She, she's a force to be reckoned with. So we got them standing off yelling at each other that, you know, Arguing the legalities and moralities of their mission and of brainwashing uh, people such as Plastique they're doing right now. And Rick's like, well, then I resign. I'll go straight to the papers with the whole deal. Or do you intend to use your device on me today? Or on me too? And we got a close-up of Waller's face like she's thinking about it. And there's a standoff between the two just staring at each other. Waller's thinking that she's going to use the device on him, I guess. Then a siren goes off. And uh, John, I forget his last name offhand, uh, one of the crew, ground crew, 
Oh, there it is. Econos. John Econos. E-C-O-N-O-N-O-S. He's only they're under attack. And we see a boom tube opening up with the female flurry, flurries. It's not an ice cream. Female furies jumping out. And they're attacking the yard, destroying things, attacking the guards. Uh, again, these next couple pages, you know, this next page where the female furies are attacking, it's a very nice artwork. Uh, we see, you know, Stompa using her power. She's kicking the wall in. Lashina is winging her belt around with the belt buckle on it. And then we got Bernadette's thought balloon saying, you know, be kinder. You know, because they're saying what a mud ball Earth is. And Bernadette's, you know, in her mind thinking that you need to be kinder to it because you're going to be spending some time here. Rick flags, you know, asking who's in the squad's available. So June Moon's under heavy sedation. If you remember right, that's the Enchantress. Deadshot's in his room. The Bronze Tiger's having a session with their psychiatrist, Dr. LaGrieve, trying to cover lost memories. While they're discussing where everybody's at, we see Boomerang slipping out the back door. It's kind of funny, kind of very Captain Boomerang of them. Rick Flagg's telling Deadshot that, you know, they need him up front and center. They need him to help stop the attack. And uh, I like this. Again, very Deadshot. He's like, you know, where's that? A lot in front and center. We need you. Why? Bell Rev's under attack. Deadshot's all, so? And Flagg's all, this isn't a debate, Lawton. Get your butt over here. Deadshot's like, blow it out your butt, Colonel. I go on missions. Security ain't part of the deal. As Rick Flagg's saying, it's just became part of it. Deadshot flicks a quarter at the TV, at the monitor and knocks it out, shattering it. Then they start looking for Boomerang, trying to figure out where he went. And uh, Captain Boomerang's all, bugger this, you're on your own, you're on, you're on your ace flag. Some of them incoming might be my old mates, and I wouldn't blarney with them. Might ruin my standing in the professional community. So this way they don't know who's attacking, all they know is a portal open, a bunch of people came out. Uh, Boomerang not knowing if his fellow rogues are a part of it is opting for the better part of Valor and hiding Tell, running Tell, whatever it is, he's running away. So that leaves uh, Bronze Tiger, Rick Flag, Nemesis, and Nightshade, who we saw on the cover to defend Bell Rev. Uh, we see a. Uh, uh, who is that stomp uh, running past one of the cells? And inside the cell, we see Cronus, an old Adam villain. So we tell he's locked up. Well, he's yelling, over here. But she just rushes on by and leaves him where he's at. I like that nice little touch. We see actually see Cronus is in jail in Bell Rev. Uh, Stompa goes kicking indoors, trying to find Godfrey. I like this. Ron Tiger sees it, thinks that she's got some sort of exoskeleton in her costume. Thinking that he's handled kick fighters before, so it's no problem. The next page is them fighting. And I mean, Ben Ron's Tigers, Ben Turner's been trained by the I think it was the League of Assassins, who's kind of you know you you see League of Assassins, League of Shadows, showing up on the Arrow TV series and in the uh, Nolan Batman films. I think they're all pretty much related. Uh, so he trained to be an assassin. And, you know, so he thinks he's got this handled, and Stompa's just kicking the crap out of him. I mean, every time he hits her, it's like hitting a wall, nothing happens, and she just, just stomp, uh, stomps him. She just 
flicks them away with her hand, backhands them, just knocks them down like nobody's business. Uh, then we see Mad Harriet destroying things. Yeah, and then we see the penguins in jail here at Bell Rev. Uh, this was back before his role, his businessman persona. Uh, like this penguin's like, yeah, a harpy like that makes the penguin glad he's safely locked away. Uh, back this is back when they had a lot of inner dialogue being showed in word balloons. This is back in the heyday of comics. Uh, we see the team attacking Mad Harriet and. Like Rick says, the small arm fires, their their rifles and shotguns and handguns, just tickles her. So they bring in a riot tank. And Rick tells them to flub an oil shell, take away her footing. And when they shoots it, he said an oil gun, but what do you call it? An oil shell. I don't know if there's enough heat or what, but as soon as it starts firing, there's like flaming... It shouldn't flame barrels at her, it looks like. So when they said oil, I thought I was just gonna try to make her, you know, slip and like a comedy routine, but no, it's catching things on fire. Mad Harry just jumps through it with no problem, attacks the tank, pulls people out. And again they pull out their their guns and start firing at her. Apparently these aren't regular guns, these are laser rifles. You know, vee, 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 vee. And one of the guys tell them that the gun's only got a limited charge. Very nice. I like this, you know, action scene here. Great panel, great artwork again. Uh, then we go on to uh, Bernadette looking for Godfrey. But Bernadette's complaining in her head that she should be stalking Lashina instead of Godfrey. And then she's looking, also goes dark, Nightshade attacks. And, you know, normally Nightshade, you know, she's at home in the dark. She, you know, meals people are off balance. And she's like, you know, the darkness can't hurt. The darkness can hurt you. Well, you can't touch the darkness. Lashina pulls out like a flaming sword and says, No, I'm Apocalypse. I worship the darkness. It hits her with her flaming sword and knocks her out. To show that, you know, she's not some ordinary person that cowers in the darkness. She comes from... She she works with dark for dark side. Someone that, you know, can... Uh, and she's this odd sister. I mean, someone from Apocalypse is not going to fear the dark. Unfortunately, Nightshade didn't know this before she got knocked out. And then we see Lashina, Lashina finding Godfrey, breaks open a cell and takes off with him. About that time, Rick shows up and tells her, you know, that man's a prisoner of the U.S. government. I suggest you pit him back where you got him. And she chucks him. I'm sorry, I said flag. That was that's uh, Nemesis. Wrong person. Nemesis is the one that's saying, Madam, that man is a prisoner of the U.S. government. I suggest you put him back where you got him. And she throws him at Nemesis, distracting him. And then she starts swinging her belts around. Again, they have a little fist-fist fight fight. Uh, well, not really fist fight, but uh, Nemesis shooting at her with his gun. She's using her belt to block the bullets, knock the gun out of his hands. Knocks Nemesis down and drags Godfrey away. And, I mean, in the current New 52, Darkseid's playing a big part. In fact, in the origin of the new Justice League for the New 52, Darkseid was attacking Earth. Uh, that's nothing new back in the 80s. Well, again, Legends was all about Darkseid trying to take on, uh, out the Earth. And here, Lashina brings that up. She's like, uh, sitting there pitiful, granny had him for breakfast. Here it is. She says, why Darkseid wants this pitiful mud ball so much? I can't imagine. 
So again, as far as Darkseid wanting Earth, that's been going on at least since the 80s as we see here in Legends in this uh, issue. But again, I mean, that's the very thing. everybody's very in character here. We see him grouping together the Furies with Godfrey. Bernadette's upset that uh, Lashina's still alive and successful. So as they open a boom tube, they start to hightail it out of there. Flag shows up with some more of the support personnel. And as uh, Lashina turns around to look at Fury, Lashina, sorry, Bernadette strikes at Lashina from behind and distracts her. And uh, Lashina's like, Bernadette, you pitiful idiot, the Stargate's phasing out, we'll both die. And we see the Stargate closing with both of their figures in the portal, if you will. The guards open fire, start shooting, and we see a body. We can't tell who it is. We see a body going, rawr, rawr, flying away from the portal. And then we see it, an outside shot of the prison. Very nice. And we see somebody flying out and landing in the swamp. And then we got the later, they're deep, being debriefed. And Flag's like, are you sure she said Apocalypse? And they're talking about a report that Superman made to the president. And again, another note says that says after the events in action 596, 586. It's an old print, so it's hard to read that. I think it's 586. Yeah, it had to be 586 because 596 was uh, after the uh, Man of Steel burn reboot. 86 may have been too. I'm talking out loud to myself on the podcast here. Leave me alone. Um, but anyways, they're referencing the Superman the action comics book. And we see that uh, Nightshade's still alive. She's saying that she was in her shadow form. Otherwise, she would have been fried. And then as they're talking, trying to get, you know, wrap up everything, Karen comes on the uh, monitor and tells them that they've successfully completed the process on plastique, so they wiped her mind of the entire Suicide Squad, the Task Force X, and what happened. And she tells her that only her memory of the squad involvement has been expunged. We're safe. And that's when uh, Nightshade tells Waller that her and Nemesis, uh, Tresher, have been talking. They agree with Flag. And then we see Amanda. She's like, I don't blame you. He's right. I'm wrong. My apologies, Colonel. I get a little short-sighted sometimes. It scares me. This shouldn't have happened. It won't happen again. Will you stay? And he says, no problem. About this time, Boomerang shows up and says that he ran to get help and he got lost. He's like, did the good guys win? And it's all in unison, they're all like, oh, shut up. And the end. Again, a very nice issue. Um, great artwork. I love the storytelling. I love Boomerang in here. Uh, so far reading this, I'm still not quite sure about Amanda Waller and how uh, willing she is to sacrifice people. From what I'm seeing, unless this lost parts an actress is apologizing, I, I may have to agree with my pal Ben Hungenstein, who was saying that in Ar Assault on Arkham, Amanda was acting a little out of character there as far as being willing to uh, let innocent people or the soldiers die. Uh, again, we're going to keep reading. We'll find out for sure. We'll discover this together. But overall, like I said, it was a great issue. Uh, I love this version of Amanda Waller. Uh, I don't know. Reading these makes me even more disappointed in the direction that they're going, the CWing of her. Um... I really wish that C.H. Pounder would be, 
I still I still see this as C.H. Pounder as Waller. I think she'd pull it off great. Uh, she's not as heavy as Waller is, but I don't know. She she seems to have the Vanda Waller attitude to me. I don't know. Anyways, uh, great issue. Uh, they got the letters page of the, and I guess they do. I thought I read that they weren't going to call it suicide notes, but they are. So the letters page in here is suicide notes. Uh, next issue blurb for Williams Overture is here. Um, again, if you've read this issue, let me know what you think. Uh, send me an email, uh, Facebook, my blog, whatever. Let me know what you guys think about this issue. Let me know what you think about my uh, presentation of it. Do you like it? Do you don't like it? Uh, let me know what you guys think. Again, another solid suicide. Try that in English. Another solid Suicide Squad issue in the bag. Um, hold on while I play some advertisements, and we'll get on to the next segment. Hello, I'm Albie. And I'm Heather. And we do the Quantum Leap Podcast. It can be found at quantumleappodcast.com and also on iTunes. We are starting at the beginning of Quantum Leap and going through all the episodes. This is my first time watching, and Albie has seen them during their original run. In each podcast, we talk about the overall thoughts of each episode. We do an episode recap if you haven't seen them in a while, just to refresh your memory. And then we do a detailed plot discussion. And we also have some great interviews. Scott Bakula, I remember being very, very uh, generous of spirit and very, very kind to his fellow actors. It was my first kiss ever, ever, so I, I am getting to kiss Scott Bakula on screen. And everybody in, involved with it was just terrific. And I'm always amazed that people come up to me and remember that episode and can quote things from it that I can't even quote. So if you're a leaper, it'd be great if you came and joined us. And if you've never heard of Quantum Leap, it's maybe a good time to start watching it because you have a podcast to go along with it. So please give our podcast a listen and hopefully you like us and stick around. Go to quantumleappodcast.com to listen to new episodes. Now let's move on to suicide notes. First up, we're going to talk about a, a Facebook comment we had. A friend of mine, Philip Britt, asked on our ta Task Force X Facebook page uh, when I posted a comment or a uh, article about Jared Leto said he's going to try and gain some weight to play the Joker. Philip's comment was, "Gaining weight? Hasn't the Mr. J always been a tall, skinny dude?" And I answered him on Facebook, and I'm going to answer it here. Yes, he has always been a tall, skinny dude. But from what I've read, apparently Leto's last film, I forget what it was, he lost a lot of weight for it. So he, he wants to gain a little more back. As long as he doesn't get too much weight, I'm okay with it. Because, again, yes, the Joker has always been more of a slender guy. So uh, we'll see what happens. And on to emails... Uh, we have an email from a good buddy of mine, Gene Hendricks. Uh, you can hear Gene Hendricks at The Hammer Strikes, which is at www.thehammerstrikes.com and at also the website called 2TrueFreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S.com. He also runs a couple podcasts called The Quantum Cast and Anime Freaks. And as you may have heard earlier in this episode, uh, as part of his Hammer Strikes, he has Legends of the Superheroes podcast he does, where he talks about superhero movies. 
Got an email from uh, old Gene. The email reads, Brotherhead, I just finished making my way through the back catalog of Task Force X, and I wanted to tell you how much I'm enjoying it. Of course, I knew of the Suicide Squad from Legends, one of my favorite DC events, but I didn't follow them much after that. I saw them when they were crossed over into other things, but I didn't bother picking up their books. I think we have to correct that, as you are making the story sound very interesting. As for the podcast itself, it's obvious that you have found your joy. He has in quotes. As it comes to in the way you talk about the books and characters, I do think I like the one comic, one profile format it allows you to give more time to other things, such as movie news. But as I said with Head Speaks, it's your show, and you should do what you want. I'll be listening regardless. Gene. Well, thank you, Gene, and welcome to the Task Force X. Um, again, not much to comment there other than, again, thank you for listening and thank you for your feedback. And except for the occasional special issues when there's like, you know, a couple part storyline, I'll probably try keeping it to the one character, one story format for right now. Um, but again, as I'm kind of mixed up in the head, things in my podcast is kind of fluid, it may change. But for now, uh, we'll see what happens. Anyways, thanks again for the email, Gene. And if you want your email read on the show, feel free to send us an email to taskforcex at headspeaks.com and I'll read your email on the air. Also, if you'd rather do a voicemail, you can record a, uh, a message in MP3 format, send it to me at the same address, taskforcex at headspeaks.com, and I will play your message on the air. Feel free to leave it on Facebook, Google+, and my blog at headspeaks.com. And then just click on Headcast, and I'm sure you can find your way from there. On to Suicide Squad news. Uh, these are things that I've posted on my Task Force X Facebook here recently. Uh, Joel Kinnaman is rumored to be in the lead for Rick Flagg after Tom Hardy dropped out. Jay Hernandez has been confirmed to have a small part in Task Force X as the character called El Diablo. As I mentioned earlier on the Facebook comment, Jared Leto has said that he's getting a lot of weight to play the Joker. Uh, there's also an article I've posted on there about Will Smith said he wants to redefine Deadshot. I've already complained enough about that, so we'll let that go for now. And Viola Davis has been cast as The Wall. I just posted an article here recently uh, where Viola Davis talks about how she's a big comic book fan and, you know, it's a joy to play it and all that. So, we'll see. Again, I, I still vote CCH Pound or someone like that to play the wall. But, having said that, uh, Mr. John Oshinder, the father of the Suicide Squad himself, on his Facebook has said he approves of Viola Davis. He thinks she's a great choice for that role of Amanda Waller. And you know what? I'm going to complain all I want, but... If Mr. Ostrander himself says that Viola Davis is a good choice for Amanda Waller, you know what? I can't argue with that. He's the man that created Amanda Waller. He's the one that, that gave me the Amanda Waller that I love. So if John Ostrander uh, says that Viola Davis is going to be a good Amanda Waller, well, by God, she's going to be a good Amanda Waller, and I've got nothing to say about it. Um, anyways, that's it for this episode of... Task Force X. 
Be sure to join us next time for another fun-filled episode. Uh, again, I'll say again, be sure to write in either Facebook, Google+, the blog, or send me an email to taskforcex at headspeaks.com. As usual, all information and contact information will be on my blog, headspeaks.com. Uh, go there, click on Headcasts, and follow to Task Force X. Also, Task Force X is now available on Stitcher. Uh, I will have a player on my main Headcast page. And again, you can go to iTunes, now Stitcher.com, or again through my website to listen to the episodes. Uh, be sure to tell a friend, and we'll see you next time here on Task Force X. Later. Thank you for listening to another great episode of Task Force X. I can also be found rambling on my main headcast of Head Speaks, where I rant and rave about movies, comics, geek stuff, and whatever is bugging me. Mate, you just out crazy the Joker. <laughs> well, I tried, Boomer, but... Anyways, my home on the internet is at headspeaks.com. H-E-A-D-S-P-E-A-K-S dot C-O-M. Links to my blog, which contain follow-up information to this and every headcast can be found there. Both Task Force X and Headspeaks are on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at headspeaks.com under Headcasts. Please feel free to email me any questions, comments, or concerns to taskforcex at headspeaks.com. And if you want to record a message, you can send it to me at taskforcex at headspeaks.com and I'll play it on the air. I'm also on Facebook at Task Force X, and also on Google Plus, you can look for Task Force X under People Pages. All titles and characters discussed are owned and copyrighted by DC Comics. I claim no ownership to the Suicide Squad, Checkmate, or Task Force X. I'm just a big fan wanting to spread the Task Force X love with everyone else. DC Comics can be found on the web at dccomics.com. Be sure to visit your local comic shop and look for Suicide Squad and Checkmate Comics. And while you're there, see what else they have that may interest you. Mother... <laughs> well, make sure you join us here next time for another fun-filled headcast from your friendly neighborhood, Brotherhead. In the meantime, I'll see you in the funny pages. Yes, please!